Welcome to Fucked Up Bedtime Stories for Adults, brought to you by English Touring Theatre, a series of short stories to be listened to on headphones, lulling you off to sleep, or, you know, not. Remember to check content warnings in the show's description, and enjoy. Heastead, by Simon Stevens, performed by Stephen Mangan. There are some things that don't seem right to you. You'd fallen asleep when the plane was landing. You always fall asleep when the plane is landing. You blinked awake when it came to a halt, and the cabin crew welcomed you to what sounded for a second like London Heathstead. But maybe they'd made a mistake with their script. They do three flights a day at least, so it's not surprising. You get your bag together, your jacket, Shuffle to the steps, shuffle into the arrival area, which is an energy of red uniforms and tension. You don't know why everybody's wearing red uniforms. And the arrival area is on the same level as departures, and that isn't how you remember things. The whole airport is flat. It's flat and wide, and seems to spread out for miles. And in comparison to the sprawl of the airport, the planes all seem smaller than you remember them. Which is odd. It takes you a while to realise that something is missing. I mean, you've been here before, you know this place. There is something wrong. The passport security officers don't make any comment about where you've travelled from, or how long you've been away, or anything like that. You want to ask them why the name of the airport has changed, because that's the kind of thing that you would have thought was going to be on the news, but it wasn't. Or if it was, you missed it. And then there are no carousels in the baggage collection area. It takes a long time for the men in the red uniforms from the plane to bring the bags through. You try to get their attention. Excuse me, can I ask you? They look at you, all attentive but you daren't ask anybody what has happened. You follow signs for a taxi, and you've not seen blue cabs before, but all the cabs are now a deep dark blue. You don't recognise the taxi rank, despite how many times you've been here. You wait your turn, and you get in a cab, and the driver doesn't speak good English. You ask him to take you home. He doesn't recognise your street name, or know of the area of London you live in. It's like... he's never heard of London. He asks for a post number. You presume he means postcode, so you give it to him. He looks at you like you're speaking a language he's never heard. Nine digits, he says. He needs the nine digits. You tell him that in East London it's a mix of five letters and numbers, and he says, No, nine digits. You have no idea what to do, so you tell him to head east. You think you can direct him yourself. And as you drive east out of the airport, it becomes increasingly clear to you that this is a city you've never seen. The Ringway motorway is called the R7. It passes 
Paris Hill and Petit Charles, and the factory of South Meris. There are billboards for commodities you've never heard of, featuring celebrities with names you don't recognize. You take a turning off the R7 into East Hampbrook. You try to tell the driver that none of the place names mean anything to you. The roads are painted white with black markings. All the cars are blue, not just the taxis. It's hopeless. There are buildings the like of which you've never seen. What is that? You ask the driver. A house. It's made entirely from blank concrete. Where are its windows? Can't be a house, it's not got any windows. This makes no sense, what's happening? What's going on? He looks confused. None of the houses have windows. These can't be houses. Houses have windows so people can look out into the world and show their lives to the world outside. He looks like you are the strangest person he has ever seen. It's no use trying to find your house. There are no street names you recognise. Stop the car. Just stop. Let me out. Let me out here. Let me out now. Let me out. He watches from his wing mirror as you walk away. There are very few people on the street. You pass a shop selling wood and water. You go in. Excuse me, please, can you help me? The man behind the counter looks at you. You speak English? He says, his voice quiet, unsettled. What? You speak English? Uh, old English? Where did you learn to do that? You look entirely confused. People haven't spoken that language for a long time, he explains. Nobody knows that language anymore. Then his eyes darken. Oh God. When did you arrive? Just now, I just came from Amsterdam. His face falls in a way you have never seen happen to a human face before. His voice becomes terribly quiet. He looks at you. You don't understand anything that he is saying. He tells you the same thing happened to him. He's been in New Heathstead for 15 years. He has never met anybody else who knows of London, or Heathrow, or England, or the UK, or Europe. These are all words that mean nothing to anybody here apart from him. He never thought anybody else would cross through. He doesn't completely understand it himself, he says. He was a barman in London. He fell asleep alone on the plane after a weekend visiting his friends in Zagreb. He woke up and everything had changed. There are no bars in this world, so after a while he had to change his profession and he found work in this shop selling wood and water. You aren't entirely sure whether you should laugh or shout, but the quietness of his voice and the sad insistence of his story makes you start to think that he may not be lying. My wife? What about my wife? Where is she? What about my children? Fuck! 
His face becomes the saddest face you've ever seen. It's better not to think about these things. It's better not to try to go back. You can't go back. The chances are so slight. I want to go home. I'm sorry. I want to go home. I'm so sorry. I want to go home. I know. Where am I meant to live? How am I meant to live? Where am I meant to go? After a while, you realise what it was that you noticed in the airport. There were no children there. There are no children in the streets. There are no children anywhere. There are no schools. There are no toy shops. Where are all the children? He tells you that there have never been children here. He tells you that the people here have realised that the human species is corrosive. It has been agreed that it is for the best for everybody if they bring the whole species to a gentle end. The people here don't want war. They don't want to destroy things. So they have decided to end their own animal gently and slowly by stopping having children. Everybody agreed. It isn't that it's illegal. It's just that everybody realised this was for the best. That's why there are no bars. There are no stories. There are no windows. There is no art. Because the safest and kindest thing we could think of doing was to make a world that nobody would want to bring children into. There would be no yearning for anything. They found a way of ending yearning. The best way to end children was to end desire. And the best way to end desire was to end stories. You have cut through a scar in the fabric of the universe and landed in a world without stories. This world has been reshaped so that the species will end when everybody dies in old age, quietly and peacefully. There is nothing good about this species, he says. We know that now. It only destroys things. We've realised that ourselves, without violence, without chemical or ecological catastrophe. We've decided it is now time to bring this story to an end. This piece was directed by Richard Twyman, with sound design and composition by Helen Skeerer.